Do you know of anybody who suffers from Phariseeism? Now, I realize that's not a word, but just for the sake of the sermon, let's assume that it is. Phariseeism is a condition of a person that where they are a self-determined expert on all things. They don't have an opinion on everything, and they're burdened with the pretension to be an expert even when they're nothing more than an amateur. Phariseeism, it's that condition in a person where the person will go to great lengths to be a part of elite circles. They like to tell people what is right and wrong and how they should do things. And often they quote from books and authors that they seldom read. They like to be honored in public, not sure if they wear phylacteries or tassels, but they definitely like titles. And they like degrees, they like honors. And spiritually speaking, they end the sentence with maybe a quote from Scripture. People who suffer from Phariseeism, they cover their intentions with rhetoric to confuse, sometimes even to deceive. Because what they want to do is they want to give the impression more godly than they really are. Many times they don't practice what they preach because deep down those that suffer from Phariseeism, they suffer from what we call the, the tyranny of the self, an overinflated understanding of who they are. And all the while, what's on the inside of the person doesn't match what people see on the outside. Do you know of anyone who suffers from this condition? In the text, Jesus addressed this condition, and he actually called it out by emphasizing a spiritual truth. What is on the inside of the person, say their heart, affects what happens on the outside, their behavior. What's Human beings are very consistent. And what I mean by that is what's on the inside, that'll eventually be what happens on the outside. Now, they might do something on the outside that is surprising to you or might catch you off guard. The truth is you didn't know them as well as you thought. But we are consistent when it comes to our nature. The idea that thinks that we can be different from inside to outside, well, frankly, we just, just deceive ourselves. To believe that we can be this type of person on the inside and think that it will not affect how we live our life, that simply is not true. Unfortunately, our society thrives on Phariseeism. It's the water we drink. I doubt we'll use that word. I mean, it's not actually a word. It's just one I've made up for this sermon. But we understand the concept. And some even suffer from the condition. For instance, covetedness. Well, it's really not that. We'll call it ambition. Hoarding, we'll call prudence. Greed, we'll call either drive or industry. Lust for affluence, we'll call that the American dream. 
crave things that we don't need only to discard them in six months. Am I the only one in this sanctuary that does this? Garage is full. Closets are packed to the gill. Things that have been purchased, maybe even duplicates, only to donate or discard in six to nine months. How many times do people purchase things really to secretly to impress other people or to run from things that we think are beneath? In our society, vanity, you know what we call it? Self-care. Yeah, our society suffers from this. And the real sad thing is nobody directly teaches us this condition. Just little by little, we acquire it. It's the box we live in, the messages that are spoken. So how do you break out of this cycle? In a word, simplicity. Christians throughout the ages have witnessed, written about, spoken of, lived differently, all tied to this concept, simplicity. Names you know, Francis Fenelon, St. Anthony, St. Clair and St. Francis of Assisi, St. Teresa of Avila, the noted soldier who gave up his rank to be a servant, St. Martin of Tours, St. Elizabeth, Mother Teresa, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, we could make the list and it would go on for over and over again. What they discovered is what Jesus taught and how he lived. Simplicity is an inward work, an inward reality. Now, it might have outward effects, but it is an inward work with God in the person. The work is done on the inside, the heart. Asceticism focuses on the outside, but it doesn't change the heart. Because the desires are still there. And if the desires are still there, then at some point they're going to manifest themselves in outward behavior. Asceticism renounces possessions, people. Simplicity sets them in a proper space and gives them the right perspective. Because the work of simplicity wants to change the heart first. I mean, Jesus never taught that possessions were evil or wrong. They just needed to be weighted and then placed in their proper perspective. I mean, after all, possessions, people, they can definitely be a blessing in certain situations, a blessing to you, a blessing to someone else. Asceticism wants to take all of it and just push it to the side. 
It's like the person that vows to lose weight by never eating again. You might lose weight, but you'll also die. Simplicity would say, let's develop something from the inside out. You heard the scripture lesson that John read, verses 8 through 12. What Jesus stressed was the importance of creating an inward reality where things like humility, submission, service flows freely from the inside out. And when the heart is right, it's easy to submit, easy to embrace humility, to, ser to serve regardless of position or act. I don't know the man's name, but I see him probably three days a week. We live on the north side of town, way up Whitesville Road. And there's this man, he, he's probably, if I had to guess, 60s, maybe 70 years old. And if I, I, I bet if I left my house the same time every morning, I'd see him every day. But about three days out of the week, he's walking up and down Whitesville Road, and he's picking up trash. He's not under sentence or some level of punishment. And when I see him, one of the questions I ask myself is, would you do that? You know, sometimes we don't serve, and the real reason why we don't serve is because we think the act is beneath us. It's somebody else's job, somebody else's position. Why is that? If the heart is right, submission, Humility, service, they're not a problem. And it's actually something that's salt. Thomas Kelly wrote a book it's called A Testament of Devotion. And in his book, he talked about what he called the divine center inside of a person. And he doesn't use the word filter. But the image that he describes in the thrust of the book is about what would it look like inside of a person if they had a God filter that was around their heart. I mean, what, what do filters do? Their, their job is to allow certain things in and at the same time prevent other things from passing through. And in his book, Kelly is arguing for a divine filter, even though he doesn't use that word. Filters have the ability to allow the certain things in that need to get in. Said differently, it puts everything in its proper perspective. Because you can't run from every temptation. You can't distance yourself from everybody or peop you know, people around you. 
from the draws or the trappings of the world around you. But what you can do is you can create something on the inside that is filtered. And that will prevent Phariseeism. I don't know if you know much about the church history. Outside of the time right after Jesus' death in the book of Acts, outside of that time in the early church, the century of the 300s is when the church grew without leaps and bounds like never before. Up until then, it was actually against Roman law to be a Christian. You could not practice your faith publicly without either going to jail, being punished, or even martyred. And then there were many, hundreds of thousands, millions of people who were throughout the first 300 years. But in the early 300s, Christianity was given a, a favorable status in the Roman Empire, which means that you could practice publicly. About 10 years after it received that, that status, the emperor himself became a Christian. And so people flocked to the cities. They built massive cathedrals. Some of you have traveled in Europe and have seen those, witnessed them. There were these hardcore people, black belt Christians, who said something's wrong. All these people are flooding into this place and they're coming from all these backgrounds and, and they're not doing it right. So you know what many of the black belt Christians did? They ran to the deserts, the wilderness areas. And the idea was I can rid my problems through geography. You know what they discovered in the deserts? The same temptations that were in the cities. You know why? Because they brought it with them. In the passage, what Jesus, like a physician, is doing is putting his finger on the real condition. It is not an outward issue. It is an inward condition. And the remedy is simplicity. It's not about cleaning out your closet, reducing all your stuff, or the people around you. It's allowing God to be a filter through His Spirit so that you just see it in a proper way. And people and things, they're held in the right perspective. I'm glad nobody in here suffers from Phariseeism. So you can take this sermon and give it to all your friends. They're the ones that really need it. Probably one day this week, I'm going to listen to my own words. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for communion, there's something that invites us back to what's core about who we are, who you are, and what we believe. 
And we don't want that to only be concept only. We want it to be our all, our being, our life, and our goal. So in all of this, move in us, O oh God, we pray. And we pray this in your name. Amen.